flash forward three years to 2014. I just graduated eighth grade. I just graduated high school. Ryan Murphy gets the rights to Funny Girl for a Broadway production or theater production. I don't know what Broadway really means. Who does? I'm Libby. And I'm Ellie. And this is Into the Murphyverse, a podcast where we dive into the TV made by one of the most powerful, most successful, most ambitious men in modern television, Ryan Murphy. If you've ever seen Glee, American Horror Story, Pose, Scream Queens, American Crime Story, The Politician, Hollywood, Ratchet, this show is for you. On today's episode, we're diving into the enormous, convoluted, and at times unbelievable fiasco that is Ryan Murphy's production of Funny Girl. This story has everything, heroes, villains, life imitating art, and of course, Jane Lynch. If you've been living under a rock and not following this drama like it's your full-time job, don't worry, we'll catch you up on all of the lore. But be ready, there's a lot. But before we get started, if you'd be so kind as to give us a follow or a rating wherever you listen to podcasts, that would be great. And if you have any feedback, DM us on Instagram. Our apps are in the description of this episode. Let's dive into the Murphyverse. Okay, so to understand this fiasco in its entirety, I think it's important that we cover some of the background and some of the context. So Libby, could you provide us with, you know, some of that history (laughs) that we have going on here? I've been waiting for this moment. You know, many (laughs) of my friends have texted me, can you explain to me the funny girl drama? Because they know that I have all the details. And so, yes, once again, I'm happy to provide context. Um, so let's, let's picture it. It's 2011. Are you picturing it? I'm picturing it. I'm 15 years old, not a care okay. in the world. Personally, I'm 11. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leah Michelle gets rejected as Fanny Bryce in a different production of Funny Girl in 2011 due to her Glee filming schedule. Let's flash forward three years to 2014. Arctic Monkey is in their prime. I just graduated eighth grade. I just graduated high school. Amazing. Ryan Murphy gets the rights to Funny Girl for a Broadway production or theater production. I don't know what Broadway really means. Who does? <laughs> anyway, Leah Michelle has always considered herself as a shoe in for this role of Fanny Bryce as a part of the Murphyverse and, you know, as her role in Glee would predict. Flash forward another six years. It is spring of 2020. There is a lot of COVID. There's a lot of reckoning on the lack of racial justice in this country. Um, In the spring of 2020, former Glee co-stars speak out about the horrible mistreatment and racism of Leah Michelle on the set of Glee. And that leads to more of her former co-stars from things like Spring Awakening and other projects speak out about similar bullying and mistreatment and racism that they've experienced at the hands of Leah Michelle. Flash forward another year. In 2021, Beanie is announced as Fanny Bryce for Ryan Murphy's production of Funny Girl. And people laugh at Leah for thinking of herself as a shoo-in. Um, her name is trending on Twitter. It seems so obvious that she could never be cast after all of her, all of what has come out about her. Flash forward another year, 2022. Beanie's run begins. She gets some negative reviews to the point where it's obvious that critics dislike her for more than just her singing. Um, 
I would say that her body probably has a lot to do with that. Um, Tony snubbed Funny Girl in May of 2022. And June of 2022, it is announced that Beanie will be leaving the production or that they're going in another direction for the production. Um, about a month later, Beanie announces that she's leaving the production even earlier than expected um, on her own terms, it seems. And there are rumors flying about about who could be cast as the next funny girl. If you are a reasonable person, you are praying that is Julie Banco, Beanie's understudy, who has received wonderful reviews. She seems like a very wonderful person, like a perfect um, actress for this role. But there's also a rumor flying around that Leah Michelle is going to be cast. And there's a rumor about that rumor that Ryan Murphy's team started circulating the rumor that Leah Michelle would be cast to get a sense of public opinion if they were to make that move, which is just so, so insane that they would do that. But I honestly sort of believe that conspiracy. Yeah, I kind of do too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, July 11th, the day that it all happened, a day that'll live in infamy, as they say. Mm-hmm. Leah Michelle announces that she is the new Fanny Bryce for all shows except Thursday where Julie Banco will be Fanny. Shortly after, Jane Lynch announces that she will be leaving the production in time for Leah's debut. Leah begins September 6th to many standing ovations and glowing reviews. That is your background. That is pretty comprehensive background. Thank you for that. You're so welcome. And I think it's important to note, um, we'll probably get into this later, but how the overlap with kind of her Glee legacy is really ironic um, when we're talking about all of this. So we've had a few days now with Leah Michelle as Fanny Bryce. Um, and actually last night she did not perform because of COVID supposedly. Um, so Julie Banco is on on not a Thursday night, which was rare. Um, so we've had some time to, you know, critics have gotten their reviews out and a lot happened on that opening night. Um, there were six standing ovations throughout the course of the night. Um, once when she appeared on stage for the first time after she started singing, no, not after, not after she started singing, sorry, <laughs> after she finished Don't Rate on My Parade. Um, and too many times to count after that. Um, I'm rolling my eyes. This yeah. podcast we can't see, but like <laughs> only the white ovation for showing. walking on stage. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that's so, it's so interesting. And here, like, this is where I wish I knew more about Broadway and like what was normal and what what the typical etiquette is because I want to know like what other shows have there been where that has happened or like what shows are comparable like are is that is that common when somebody legendary shows up or not like I don't I don't know yeah I I can't imagine it is just because I think maybe the reason is that this all this drama and all this news is pulling people who typically are not attendees of Broadway shows and maybe they're acting different than typical, you know, old elitist mm -hmm. Broadway fans act. Mm -hmm. um, but like, if it's like, you know, Patti Lapone, sure, give her six standing ovations. What do mm -hmm. I care? Mm -hmm. Leah Michelle, come on. Yeah, she's, she's young. She has her whole life ahead of her. Like, 
she can she can get those later down the line yeah if she deserves it which she doesn't right anyway <laughs> continue sorry um i think it's also interesting uh you say maybe they're like audience members that aren't typical broadway goers um there's a variety article that's just kind of like a review of the opening night where they get a few quotes from audience members and they're <laughs> the gleek representation in that article is way higher than it needs to be <laughs> um 24 year old juliana DeAngelis says we're gleeks first and humans second <laughs> i love so, that quote <laughs> so that gives you a little overview of maybe what the audience is like um maybe that's why the standing ovation happened i'm a i'm a proud gleek but imagining myself saying that to like a journalist who <laughs> is like you know a reporter on broadway is i can't really imagine that so i julian yeah icon. yeah <laughs> especially with that first and last name in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real why don't you give us a little taste of the bootleg of don't rain on my parade yes yeah, so i woke up morning of september 7th was looking at tiktok as you do and pretty much the first TikTok that I saw, because my free page knows me very well, was a bootleg video of Leah Michelle's first Don't Rain On My Parade. Um, it was great. Like, who, everyone knew it would be great. So who cares? Um, this is not her first time, obviously not her first time performing it, and obviously not her first time even perform, performing it live. And it's not even her second time. Um, but I saw people were cheering after, during, like in the middle of the song hmm. for like, um, like I'll march my band out, you know, that mm -hmm. big like break or whatever. Um, it seemed strange to me again, like I don't really know much about Broadway etiquette, but like, I don't know. Uh, but I'm glad I got to saw that, see that. We love bootlegs here at Into the Murphyverse. I also saw that bootleg and I was, <laughs> I was shocked. I was like watching, it was like, wow, this, she, she makes different moves than she does in the Glee version. That's crazy. <laughs> like, oh, some, she like sings this part a little longer and like really gets a little more throaty on this part. And then I realized like, oh yeah, of course she's changed it over the course of 10 years. And of course yeah. this is the Broadway version, not the Glee version. <laughs> I was like, reality check for me. <laughs> Speaking of over the course of 10 years, she performed it live at the 2012 Tonys, which is a year after she got rejected for the role of Fanny Bryce, which is crazy to think about. I mean, instead of getting the actual performer of Fanny Bryce to sing it, they got Leah Michelle, who was rejected <laughs> for the role. I, can you imagine <laughs> that happening to like any other person? <laughs> that is iconic. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like a good strategic move to bring people into the like real life musical theater realm who only know it from Glee, um, especially at 2012, like the height of the show or the height of the show's popularity. Um, but it's just when I yeah. that, I just thought, wow, somebody had really good foresight there. Yeah. Like, 10 years from now, this will this will matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy once you start unwrapping this whole thing it's goes back so far and yeah truly wild there was another moment where there was kind of uproarious laughter and when was that 
Yes. So there's this line in Funny Girl where Fanny Bryce says, I don't read many books or something like that. And several sources, including um, someone we graduated high school with and <laughs> um, a audio recording on TikTok um, reported that after that line, after Leah Michelle delivered that line, the audience laughed. And why would that be? Because, drum roll please, Leah Michelle actually doesn't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I should say there's a rumor that Leah Michelle doesn't know how to read. Right, which we'll get into later. There's a lot of lore. And if you go down that rabbit hole, there's a whole nother thing. Um, but after that laughter, she seemed to not be very happy as, you know, don't blame her. Um, I think that's like a little bit rude to like, I don't know, laugh in the middle. Yeah, that's not it's a little much funny. Um, but she ad-libbed a line to her like co-star saying like, you talk next basically, or like now it's your turn um, as a way to sort of shut up the audience, which is, yeah. That's interesting. So she's clearly very aware of what mm -hmm. is being said about her. Yeah. So of course she got a lot of glowing reviews from the public, from critics. I mean, she does have an incredible voice. Um, and is an incredible Broadway actress. So, you know, of course those reviews are going to be glowing. Um, I think it's a little curious that people kind of talk about her athleticism in these reviews, um, mm -hmm. it, but at least she's not as funny as Beanie. Yeah, that's <laughs> the sort of only negative parts of the reviews besides you know, her being controversial and everything um, is that she's not as funny and that the jokes don't land as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that was validating mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, the focus on her athleticism while singing um, is like standing alone, that would be fine. But in light of all of the fat phobia surrounding the reviews of Beanie Feldstein, it's just really yeah. gives me a bad taste. Yeah, exactly. Also, can these Broadway critics stop making so many puns using lyrics from Don't Rain on My Parade because it is absolutely exhausting. <laughs> Even news articles about what Beanie Feldstein is doing next use these puns. And it's like, we're, we're not even talking about Funny Girl anymore. Just right. stop. They've all been done before. Right. And to wrap up this whole review thing, we will not be seeing any more reviews of Leah Michelle in the near future because she is not set to return on stage until uh, September 20th um, because of her COVID diagnosis. But we'll see if she comes back then and we'll see what people have to say when she comes back. Yeah, let's go Julie. Julie, Julie, Julie. So like we mentioned before, um, there are a lot of parallels to Glee. It's kind of incredible that this real event in the Murphy verse of Leah Michelle being Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl parallels to a show in the Murphy verse where Leah Michelle is Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl in Glee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in the beginning of Glee, I think it's stated that Leah Michelle is obsessed with Barbara Streisand, sees, sees her as her idol. Um, Barbara Streisand is used to help her stop getting a nose job, iconic episode. 
um, iconic line when she says, is, is Barbara here? And Kurt says, we're in a mall in Lima, Ohio. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, later on in the show, she auditions for Fanny Bryce. She messes up. And that's when we get the iconic bleak, bleak. <laughs> um, Whoopi Goldberg says, you get one shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg's there. Um, it's a fever dream. It really is. <laughs> um, somehow she still gets the role, which is fitting in the Leah Michelle. She's immune to criticism and rejection, apparently. Um, and, but she leaves after a few shows to pursue a TV show that ultimately fails. Very strange plot line. Um, so maybe she'll leave. That would be yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't know if I saw this conspiracy from now it's all running together. If you put this conspiracy <laughs> on your social media or if I saw it elsewhere that right now Leah Michelle actually doesn't have COVID, but she left to go pursue a TV <laughs> pilot. <laughs> I did not put that out. That's, that's good. So though. that would really be life imitating art. Yeah. Another part of Glee um, that's, that's interesting to reflect on is when Shelby, who is uh, Rachel's mother, um, played by Adele Dazeem, um, Idina Menzel, tells Rachel that she has to be an original because that's why Barbara Streisand got cast as Fanny Bryce in the first place. Um, but this is kind of ironic because Leah's appeal to Broadway fans is her physical and vocal resemblance to Barbara Streisand. Um, so by being Fanny Bryce right now, she's kind of just remaking yeah. <laughs> the original that we all know. She's um, ignoring Adele Dazeem's advice. Exactly. Yeah. So also, what does Barbara think of all this? I need a statement from her. Yes. And there's no excuse that she needs to be silent on this because she has a TikTok now. She has a platform. Exactly. <laughs> she should be speaking out. But I think Actually, that TikTok is filled with just archival footage of past performances. <laughs> yeah, Barbara Streisand has never had a platform before she got a TikTok. <laughs> that is She's incredible. Unknown. <laughs> Another amazing parallel to Glee is when Sue Sylvester and Glee sat in on the audience of of Rachel Barry, sorry, I'm getting confused now of what's real life and what's fiction. Of Rachel Barry's first show as Fanny Bryce. And <laughs> when Rachel is performing, Sue Sylvester gets up and says, or first she says, are you really, are you actually enjoying this? And she gets up and says, excuse me, I have to go kill myself now. I'm the greatest star. I just can't even excuse me i need to go kill myself the greatest. she hates it so much <laughs> which is incredible because like two days or whatever after it's announced that leah michelle is going to be the new fanny bryce so sylvester says excuse me i gotta get out of this production <laughs> literally yeah jane lynch left the production it's she never she didn't actually say this but it is so transparent that the reason is she doesn't want to work with leah exactly. michelle and she, done that. she knows what she she knows what she's about mm -hmm. okay I also saw a tweet about this and it was, it's just funny um so let's just imagine you're Ryan Murphy sitting in the audience on Leah Michelle's opening night you have willed a reality into existence that you already fictionalized almost a decade earlier 
Can you like what kind of I cannot imagine that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what in my life, <laughs> what fictional thing in my life will I will into existence? Winning the lottery? That could be Maybe. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have to write a whole TV show around that. Right. I'm not a fan of manifestation. I think it's like sort of a thing privileged people use to ignore how their privilege gets them places in life. <laughs> but I really think Ryan Murphy sort of manifested this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. he probably, he put a whole lot of work and effort and money into manifesting this too yeah. it sounds like so, so I guess it's not manifestation <laughs> it's just being but, a powerful tv executive <laughs> exactly but it is it, it is pretty pretty amazing <laughs> okay so we talked about this a little bit before but can you explain to me the conspiracy theory that Leah Michelle is illiterate I absolutely can this is a conspiracy theory um, I'm not exactly sure where it originated. Um, Leah Michelle herself has said that it originated from one person creating a 45 minute video about it, but I'm pretty sure the rumors came before that one person. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the, the place where it really originated is all of the elements coming together. So Leah Michelle was a child Broadway actor. Um, and so dropped out of school to pursue, acting and everything full-time she you know lived in the world of Broadway instead of the world of going to school um and she was doing that for so much of her life that she people say she never learned to read she didn't go to school so she didn't have to learn to read or write people fed lines to her um she learned by you know learning songs copying songs copying vocals whatever but the thing with that is what makes, in my mind, what about that upbringing makes that different from, you know, child actors on Nickelodeon or Disney, um, who right. those illiteracy rumors have never been there. Like the closest we've gotten is that Bella Thorne has dyslexia, but that's not a rumor. That's a fact. <laughs> so, yeah, she did a TTI about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's interesting. Like, I haven't watched the 45 minute video, um, but I can't say it's true, <laughs> but um, now she's been doing, she and her PR team have been doing things to prove that she can read and people are analyzing those things and saying, actually, <laughs> if you look closely, she's not reading. She's memorized what she has to say. She, they have, there's a video of her reading a children's book aloud. Um, and people are saying, well, she memorized that book. <laughs> I mean, she, the other part supporting all this is that if she learned the skill of memorization at such an early age, she can memorize things in an instant. Um, and so why would she have to know how to read? <laughs> I think part of the problem is also she's so theatrical. Like she's such a theater kid that everything she says sounds like pre-rehearsed and extra yeah. dramatic and theatrical right whether she's reading or not so right and she has no she no offense she has no sense of humor and no kind yeah. of like humility so she isn't going to lean into these rumors and be like lol you guys are hilarious yeah look at me can't read she's yeah. like really working hard to defend herself and be like these people are stupid <laughs> and what what happened on Andy Cohen's show that yeah, so going again. 
whatever show that Andy Cohen has, um, watch what happens live with Andy Cohen. Um, the guests for part Some of it, I guess. Fever stuff has come out of that show, by the way. Oh yeah, crazy stuff. Jillian Anderson came out. Um, most importantly, <laughs> most notably, <laughs> um, not a Murphy verse thing, but still important. Still important. Um, so yeah, Leo Michelle and Bethany Frankel or the guests or whatever. Um, and so somebody calls in and says, like, Leah, can you talk about the conspiracy that you can't read? And Leah Michelle's like, can you believe this? It's so crazy. And <laughs> Bethany Frankel leans over with her cue cards and is like, what does this say? <laughs> and Leah Michelle leans in like a 70-year-old man who doesn't have his reading glasses on and says, uh, uh, Dorinda, uh, no, Bethany. <laughs> and then it just goes on from that. And it's, it's so... I'm like, who was there a Dorinda on the card? Was that a joke? Um, was did it actually say Bethany? Bethany's the only name that could have been relevant. Like, <laughs> there's so many parts where I'm like, I don't know. Seems yeah, like there. <laughs> I love how part of the joke is that Jonathan Groff is her ghostwriter slash reader because it's just so ridiculous. I mean, she has this bizarre relationship with Jonathan Jonathan Groff which we sort of unpacked a little bit in the last episode. Yeah. Um, but when it was announced that she, that Leah Michelle had the part, there were tweets that were like, Jonathan Groff slept over at Leah Michelle's house last night so that they could run lines in the morning. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. If you want more on their very odd relationship, go watch the Spring Awakening documentary. You get way more than you ever asked for. Um, also just my little addition is that I need the guy who does impressions of Chris Voltasanti explaining random like cultural and pop cultural things to Tony Soprano to do one on the Leah Michelle lore like whether yeah. that's the funny girl or the illiteracy I just think it'd be so funny and I actually just checked his TikTok to make sure he hadn't done one and he has not so that's crazy yeah that's super relevant and he'd be really good at that yeah agreed um so quick discussion question how much do you believe this rumor I okay I believe this rumor in the way that I believe in Larry Stylinson <laughs> um you know the relationship between Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson that has been ongoing since 2010 the 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 45 minute conspiracy videos that are made about conspiracies like these are very convincing to me and by the end of them I'm like yeah I'm a full believer um <laughs> but I think it's like it's fun to believe that it's true when in reality it probably isn't true you know yeah I am in agreement I don't believe it but I do think it's funny that there hasn't been any <laughs> definitive proof yet <laughs> like I just think her PR team is doing a terrible job truly okay so it's a fun time to speculate and to make fun of Leah Michelle and learn about this hilarious lore. Um, but I think it's also important to maintain our perspective about um, why people dislike Leah Michelle so much um, because it's very justified. Um, the quote from Kurt in Glee she may be difficult, but boy, can she sing, has been circulating a lot um, for good reason, because she is difficult and, can, and she can sing. Um, but there, it's also received some backlash because it doesn't really accurately capture 
why Leah Michelle deserves to be disliked so much. Um, she's not like a lovable diva like Diana Ross. <laughs> she is like an actively racist bully um, and has harmed a lot of people in her career. Uh, and so I think it's important to keep that in, in, in perspective when we're talking about things like this. And in all of this, we obviously want justice for Beanie. Um, the media and you know critics of Funny Girl when Beanie was on as Fanny Bryce was just horrible about her queerness and uh, being plus sized, being a Jewish woman. Um, and all of that seems like something out of an early 2000s tabloids. It's like, you know, we're not, <laughs> we're in 2022 people. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy that so few people are noticing how unjust that is because there are plenty of singers who are subpar or, you know, aren't to the level that supposedly Leah Michelle is, but there's, it's more than that. If Leah Michelle's athleticism on stage while singing, that's really a dig at Beanie, you know, yeah. the, the fat phobia surrounding it is pretty horrifying. Yeah, it's very obvious. And I think it's one of the things that has been brought up recently is that the costume for Fanny Bryce changed for both Julie and Leah when um, Leah became Fanny. Uh, they removed the sleeves and made it like a lot more revealing which there are some, some people say that Beanie specifically requested sleeves. So if that's the case, then whatever, fine. Mm -hmm. But it's very obvious how they are treating Leah Michelle differently than mm -hmm. Feldstein. Um, it's more about her art than about her body. Mm -hmm. um, I also just wanna say that the double standard when it comes to calling something stunt casting is crazy because so many people referred to Beanie's casting as stunt casting, which I think might be a little bit fair. Can you explain stunt casting to me <laughs> Yeah, and the audience? <laughs> stunt casting is in musical theater to describe when a production casts a celebrity from outside of the musical theater realm as a character. Um, and they don't necessarily have to be outside completely of the musical theater realm, but someone who is popular in other forms of media. So like when Corbin Blue was cast for In the Heights, that's stunt casting because people know him from High School Musical and not from Broadway. Or when Colleen Ballinger was cast for Waitress or Joe Sugg was cast for Waitress. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because yeah. <laughs> I never knew that. I specifically looked up like instances of stunt casting for this episode. And yeah, Joe Sugg was in a UK production of The Waitress. <laughs> Hilarious. Amazing. So that's stunt casting, and it's to try to bring people who are normally not musical theater fans into the world of musical theater. Um, so that's what people called it when Beanie was cast, um, which I think is fine, like that's probably true. Um, although she is capable of like being on Broadway, I think. Um, she is mostly a celebrity from outside of musical theater. But people haven't really been saying that same thing about Leah Michelle, even though I would argue this is the biggest <laughs> stunt cast in the history of Broadway. Like, can you think of a bigger stunt that Ryan Murphy has pulled? That's true. Like, this is, <laughs> this is a stunt, but 
they maybe they don't call it stunt casting because she got her start on Broadway. True. So in you know in the span of her life this is just returning to her roots but she wasn't she wasn't well known when she did Spring Awakening um outside the Broadway world and it was Glee that brought her into the public sphere and so now um I mean definitely is a stunt but yeah that's so funny (laughs) like I can't think of a single instance where people have been brought into Broadway news more than right now yeah me neither yeah but let's stay on the positive side and note that Beanie is thriving. She, she left is. on her own terms. She brought Jane to leave with her. Well, mm-hmm. not really, but, you know, <laughs> still validating. Mm-hmm. She's um, engaged to her partner, Bonnie Chance. Um, and she recently announced a new film project with Ethan Cohen. Um, I know, like, following her Instagram, like, the day, a couple days after she left funny girl she's just posting cute little family dinner pics cute little vacation pics with her family with her fiance's family just like living a normal life um yeah. and so that's that makes my heart happy and like obviously social media isn't real but you, I still want to believe that she is living her best yeah. life and that she's her happiest self without the nonsense that is this yeah. funny girl drama yeah All right, it's time for the Sarah Paulson Corner, where we dig into all things Sarah Paulson. And, you know, a casual observer of the Murphyverse might say, where does Sarah Paulson fit into this? She doesn't, she does not fit into this. Um, But we are not casual observers. Um, Sarah Paulson comes deeply into play with her support of Beanie on Instagram and social media. Um, It is very clear where her loyalties lie. And we love seeing some Murphyverse solidarity and some queer solidarity. For sure. Slay. Yeah, it's so it's slay. It's a Sarah Slay. <laughs> Sarah Slay. Um, I believe American Crime Story Impeachment was nominated for some Academy Awards. I could be incorrect in that. You mean Emmys? Yes. Oh, that's the Television Academy. Sorry. Sorry. Jeez. It counts. Um, I, th- I believe they were. And um, so with all that, Beanie and Sarah were both posting each other and congratulating each other with BTS behind the scenes photos and all that kind of stuff. So their friendship still, still is strong. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sarah also posted about Beanie's engagement and the proposal and everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We, we do love it. And we can't wait to see if Sarah Paulson might be involved in this next possible upcoming season of yes. American Crime Story. Do you want yes. to talk about that whole thing? Yes. Oh, First, close the that, corner. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm turning the corner too fast. This has been Sarah Paulson Corner. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank you. Thank you. So as we said, um, you know, this whole funny girl drama is taking up most of the space in the Murphyverse right now. It is the sun that is being revolved around by all of the other planets. <laughs> okay, Galileo. Um, but there is some other Murphyverse news. And one can be traced back to Ryan Murphy himself on his Instagram. Um, you may have noticed, if you follow his Instagram, 
that first he changed his name from Ryan Murphy to Ryan Murphy Productions. And then he deleted all of his posts and made it so that there's only one post, which was just a video of a black screen with the number four on it. And everybody was like, what? And then changed his profile picture to a weird cryptic photo. The day after that, um, I believe deleted that first post and replaced it with a new post, standalone post that was a reel again, um, with the number four, but with some music and some I like little like black and white icons kind of of a note with a skull on it, of a cell phone, of a saw, of a poison apple. And so people are thinking that the number four and all of these icons are his way of alluding to the fourth season of American Crime Story, which it has been rumored is going to be about Jeffrey Dahmer, who was a cannibal. And so this is such a weird cryptic way to promote it. It reminds me of one of those classic PR stunts where people are like, what's this going to be about? What does this mean? Like, let's put all the clues together. Kind of like, honestly, when Harry Styles was going to release his album and was only posting like some clips and some lyrics and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's really buying into that whole way of promotion. Yeah. And he's done that with American Horror Story, which I think is fit like fitting for the type of audience that American Horror Story has and everything. But it just seems like a strange way to promote American Crime Story, which is definitely like an older audience who are more into like miniseries, you know? Yeah, I've always seen, <laughs> this says a lot about me, but I've always seen American Crime Story as kind of like the elite version the high or like the highbrow, <laughs> the highbrow series from Ryan Murphy. <laughs> it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's more, it's based more in history, all of that. Um, so, I mean, maybe it isn't about, maybe it isn't the fourth yeah. season, but it's all pointing to it being the fourth season. And there, he actually just came out with a video um, that wasn't just a black screen. And that was interesting. Yeah, I am looking at it now because I'm very puzzled. It is Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> introducing herself as someone else. Karen Calhoun, is it? I don't know. Giving like an architectural digest type tour of a home. Uh, do we know the name Karen Calhoun? Is that related to Dahmer at all? Or is this completely unrelated? I, it's, I've not looked it up, but it seems kind of unrelated because it seems like too goofy. Like I watched the whole thing and okay I just had one google search okay this is up <laughs> oh it does okay yeah it says the watcher teaser Jennifer Coolidge is a Karen in Ryan Murphy's twisted dot 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 I have to click on it to see more so it looks like another Ryan Murphy show okay Jennifer Coolidge which is very exciting okay okay there we go news. yeah and by real time I mean it was posted two days ago and we just haven't seen it <laughs> um so IndieWire thanks IndieWire says Karen just may or may not be a stalker. Ooh. Um, oh, okay. Jennifer Coolidge transforms into Karen, an elite New Jersey real estate agent at the center of Ryan Murphy's latest true crime miniseries, The Watcher. Cool, I've heard about The okay. Watcher. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. That is. Um, it will also star Mia Farrow and Margot Margo Martindale. I love oh, Margot Martindale. Margo Martindale, yes. She was in Impeachment, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for this. That's really cool. Yay. 
it's interesting that this isn't an American crime story, though. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, what does what did those other black screen posts? Yeah. Mean? I mean, may, maybe that is the fourth season of American Crime Story, and this is yeah, just maybe he's advertising different. multiple things at once. Yeah. Um. Wow, he really has a knack for pulling in all like fifty to sixty year old white women actors (laughs) (laughs) into all of the series he really does but I cannot pretend I'm not very excited about yeah (laughs) the latest member of the Murphyverse yeah another thing worth mentioning in the Murphyverse um are the Mike's Mike recaps of Glee in its entirety broken into two parts seasons one through three and seasons four through six if you've not watched these, they are, each of them are about two hour long videos on YouTube. Yeah. They're and feature film length <laughs> videos, <laughs> but way better than any feature film I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really, what he does is he breaks down episode by episode, the plot of Glee. And it's really interesting to watch, first of all, just as a Glee fan, but also to see it's an entire project. Mike has to, um, you know, pick out the most important parts from each episode, make sure that he's creating these common threads that he can then come back to later, you know, address the important topics, let the other not important topics slide by. Um, It's just imagine sifting through every episode and figuring out what's worth recapping and what isn't. And his writing and scripting and the jokes that he makes are perfect. And he made, recently he made a TikTok saying he needs to be convinced by his followers to not apply for a PhD program. <laughs> and honestly, like that made me think, okay, he's smart, smart. Like, yeah, he, like he's this, an intellectual. <laughs> exactly. Like there is, <laughs> there is some intellect behind these crazy series. Yeah. Um, so the biggest clue of that intellect is his costume, which is a Cheerios costume and a long blonde wig. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a pretty great series. If you haven't seen it yet, um, you know, you can break it out in 20 minute chunks if you'd like, but it'll it'll reel you right back in. <laughs> the Mike's Mike recap of Glee made me think about what other Murphyverse shows he should do a Mike's Mike recla- recap of. Um, he's already done Pretty Little Liars in the past, which is not a Murphyverse show, even though our cousin thought it was and wanted to come <laughs> on this show and talk about it. <laughs> Sorry, Belle. Um, <laughs> but I think AHS would be pretty iconic if he did. Yeah, um, that would be educational to me. Yeah, I've never seen, I've seen a couple episodes here and there. I've never watched American Horror Story. Don't yeah. come at me, but um, that would be informative for sure. It's sort of like, convoluted in the same way that Glee is and so I think that would lend itself well Mm -hmm. any others that you think you should do I bet with Scream Queens it could be good um I see Scream Queens kind of similar to Pretty Little Liars yeah not completely but you know it's like a teen drama Mm -hmm. so I think I mean we've really just we've really went down the rabbit hole of all things funny girl Um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the production plays out. Um, if anybody else kind of makes some jabs at Leah Michelle, um, and what, what's to come from all of this. Thank you so much for listening to Into the Murphyverse. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a follow or rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time, whenever that will be, when we hopefully can talk about The Watcher and the new American Crime Story Season 4. Bye!